The Doomer Bloomer Podcast is a community for the resurrection of good ideas. We profile the hero's journey in weekly episodes and teach people about the 10 pillars framework for success in life, business, and relationships. Our mission is to find and help all Doomer Bloomers with mental health issues, poverty mindset, lack of resources, and those left behind in this world. Tune in weekly with Will S. and occasionally John Wynn as we have deep conversations with guests about the hero's journey, clown world order, and the resurrection of good ideas. To help support our community, go to www.thedoomerbloomerpodcast.com support to become a member today. And remember, we are the cure for COVID-19. live welcome back to the doomer bloomer podcast with will s we are talking about the hero's journey and how to get back on the path of becoming going from a doomer and coming to a bloomer in your life Uh, we talk about entrepreneurship the hero's journey uh, clown world order and just about anything that i feel is interesting and relevant in the world I interview guests uh, to get their insight and backgrounds uh, in order to, again, get back on that path of going from a doomer to a bloomer. Uh, In that vein, I have a special guest all the way from Clearwater, British Columbia. His name is Zephyrin Tino. Uh, How are you doing today, Zephyrin? Oh, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm surviving. Right. Good. Survival is good. Um, we're, uh, you know, well, I, I guess tangentially speaking here, um, you know, your family reached out to me to get a solar project going, <laughs> yeah. which didn't necessarily go the way that anybody planned. But besides that, I think, uh, you know, you've reached out onto me uh, to Twitter a few times now. Yes. And uh, it sounds like you have uh, a book, The Ball of Wisdom. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, Zephyr? Sure. Let's, yeah, let's talk a little bit about The Ball of Wisdom. What would you like to know? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I've never written a book. So uh, what would a, a young writer or somebody around your age looking to write a book, what would they have to do? And is it about the creativity side of things or... You know, or you should just get started, that sort of thing. Like, what what would be the process for you if you know if you were to do it all over again? If I were to do it all over again, um, let's see now. the The process for me, first, it starts with an idea, and then it has to uh, you have to believe in that idea. Otherwise, you know, if you don't have the belief in your idea, it's just not going to. It's just not going to come to fruition. It's just going to die dead in its tracks. Um. I don't know if I were to do it all over again, I wish that I had known more about the business end of things because it's not about, oh, slapping together a book and then, oh, there you go, you make money. No, it's actually, 
have to put together a book and then you have to send it off to designers to design the book and get it out there and marketers to market the book, etc. I just wish I had more of that business sense as opposed to creative sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of too, most artists, you know, I have found they're really good at creating art. Um, but at the same time, they're not very good at the business end of it. It's actually why I started Doomer Bloomers. Uh, it's to oh, find yes. creative people, creative people like yourself, uh, who have interesting projects on the go. Uh, and they might not necessarily have the network or the business skills required in order to, to market it. Um, so right. this is, you know, this is my attempt at, you know, trying to get that community of doomer bloomers online across all these different industries. Right. You know, I'm in renewable energy. Um, you know, you're, I guess I, if I recall correctly, you're just out of high school, right? Yes, pretty much. Yeah. So you have a very different perspective compared to me. Right. Because I'm, you know, over 10 years older than you are uh, about how how the how you view the world and how I view the world is going to be a little bit or more than a little bit different. Um, but uh, just tell me a little bit more uh, about your your hero's journey, as I call it, your doomer to bloomer path. Um, you don't have to go into specific detail if you don't want to. Right. Uh, but how how did you get from you know, where you are now to where you started out? I, oh boy, I, (laughs) how did I get here? Um, I got here because, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just here. I never really know how to answer a question like that. It's one of those things where it's like, you, you, you and I both know what the hero's journey is. And the first step in the hero's journey is the call to action. And that could have started um, when I was born, or that could have started like the day I started writing the book. Um, I, I started writing the book when I was 14 years old, 14, 15 years old. And I was basically writing it for a girlfriend that I had at the time. We're not dating anymore. We broke up in December 2020. Uh, but I was writing it uh for this girlfriend that i had and she was doing the drawings for it my illustrator crystal muso and it took you know this was before the pandemic so everything was going quite smoothly with the book and everything seemed to be going great and then uh the pandemic hit and then everything ground for a halt ground to a halt for a good six months uh so it was really hard to uh just you know, the book itself was almost finished, but what happened was that in terms of building the book from the ground up and doing like the, um, doing the design tactics and marketing and all that and putting it together to be put on the bookshelves, that became a challenge because everything shut down. Um, let's see now what I yeah. am. I'm not sure where else to go really with this. <laughs> well, I've, I've heard, I've heard similar things, right. This past, this past year, a, a similar thing happened to me, right? Like I, yeah. I basically put, I basically put doomer bloomers on hold for six months because I just, I, I couldn't function on a day-to-day basis. And, and 
you know, uh, and, and it's partially, it's partially why I started doom of boomers in the first place. Um, but, uh, when you're suffering, well, if, if you're in a doomer headspace, like I was for those six months, it's very difficult to fit, focus on anything else except for your, your day to day tasks and anything over and above that is, is often too much, uh, mm, to take yes. on. Um, and that's, if anyone remembers why Doomer Boomers was on a hiatus, you just have to check some previous episodes. Um, I don't want to go back into it again that much. Um, but we're back now, we're doing regular episodes. Um, and we've entered into season three of the podcast. So, um, you know, we're, we're talking to people like yourself, Zephram, uh, who have, you know, in a sense, like you said, the, the hero's journey, and like you said, the the first the first call to act, the first part of the hero's journey is the call to action. Um, and if you, yeah, if you if you answer that call, then you can start to come round full circle again. That or you um, get a killer movie franchise with Disney, right? <laughs> So so uh, so yeah, your 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 dad messaged me something about this, but I don't follow Disney anymore. So can you I just remind you. me what you're what you're talking about? What I'm talking about? Uh, because a lot. Okay, I, I was gonna say a lot of Disney movies. No, no, no. Every single Disney movie uses the hero's journey writing trope, and I mean it's a reliable and basic writing formula that can be used to make a good story. It's just when Disney and Pixar have made over 70 films, it's all pretty much the same thing. So when I say killer movie franchise, I talk about like Disney uh, films like uh, Toy Story Mm -hmm. or um, I'm trying to think of other ones that had like sequels. The Incredibles, because there was two movies made of that uh it's mostly toy story that comes to mind because the the whole thing with the hero's journey and i used to make fun of disney for doing it when they made this trope was they'd always have yep the call to action they'd have the awkward moment where the two say you had two characters you had the awkward moment where the two characters are meeting each other and then you have this really high point in the movie where everything is great and everything is perfect and honestly the movie should just end right there and leave the audience feeling great but then all of a sudden there's this weird misunderstanding or something or somebody didn't pay the cell phone bill and then suddenly there's this really low point and then the two characters go off their separate ways and then a little bit later in the movie, like five minutes later, something big and terrible happens and all of a sudden the two characters need to come together and put aside their differences and they realize, hey, you know what? You and I make a really good team. And then the movie ends, credit rolls, and Disney has made several billion dollars at the box office. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now, if Disney could could do that, I could do that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I... uh, Let me rephrase. If Disney could do that, I could do that, but with less evil intentions. Yes, all all hailed all hailed corporate Dis- all hailed corporate Disney. That's why I stopped. Uh, that's why I st- that's why I stopped supporting them. 
I, I I can't I can't say I blame you um, with with Disney. I mean, Disney's just rebooting everything and buying everything up. It's actually I, I'm noticing there's this media showdown between uh, Time Warner Company and Disney about how much property they own. Oh yeah, and how much intellectual that... copyright is owned. Hmm. The funny thing is, yeah. is that a, the funny thing is uh, a majority of Disney characters are actually supposed to be in the public domain because of copyright laws. But uh, because there have been certain politicians with invested interests in Disney, they've been able to extend the copyright laws so that none of their characters are in the public domain. Yeah. <laughs> so why, why does that not surprise me? I, uh, because Monsanto exists. And yes. McDonald's and Burger King yeah. and Wendy's and Subway and Dow Chemical and George Bush and George H.W. Bush and Richard Nixon and Donald Trump and Joe Biden and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. I could keep going. Just tell me to stop because I'll keep going. <laughs> no, no, this is this is your this is your 45 minutes to an hour to 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 get your message out there. Uh, I mean, my message is simply eat the rich, uh, you know, <laughs> just, just eat yeah. them. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I would, I would love to have a nice Elon Musk roast with a Bezos reduction served on the side. <laughs> well, you might get that opportunity at some point. Ah, <laughs> uh, but that would be. I don't know. I don't think. I think that might be cannibalism, and I don't really want to partake in that too much. No, but I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting this, I'm getting the sense, and I'm getting the, the visualization of of what you're what you're speaking to, and because this is an audio format, I think the the, the listeners will get that as well. Oh, I mean, oh, come on. I mean, we could, hey, look, pretty soon we could be seeing commercials in five years for McDonald's. Now for a limited time only for $9.99, the McZuck sandwich. The McZuck sandwich, yeah. Yeah, now the, with extra the, meta the, sauce. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the the meta the metaverse. See, like I'm like I'm actively going away from all normie, all normal socials, right? Um I don't I'm I'm trying to actively transition the podcast. I'm trying to actively try to transition my my brand and my my ethos to something more more ethical long term um just because i don't i don't agree with with what what you're talking i don't agree with with big tech at all so um i'm just yeah i'm i'm like i said this is the whole reason the doomer bloomers exist is to have a platform for independence independence indies independent independent people free thinkers People who people don't who don't people who get censored nowadays on regular platforms, right? Or deep deplatformed, right? Oh yeah, um, I agree. That's that's a big thing right now, right? Um, I try to keep things as relatively PC as possible, but I don't even like that. I don't even like using that term anymore, right? I just hmm. I like to speak my I like to speak my mind. I like to speak my truth the way things are, and if people don't want to listen to my truth and they don't have to listen to the podcast it's really that simple oh yes it's very simple see there's a big difference between uh basically how do i say this you have the right 
to complain about something and you have the right to mm -hmm. not listen to something if you don't like it, but you don't have the right to prevent other people from seeing it. You don't have the right to stop other people from seeing it. 100%. We're definitely in agreement on that one. Um, yes. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about the ball of wisdom. Like I, I just ordered it, so I ha it hasn't arrived yet. I haven't read it. Uh, but if, if you, if you were to, are you there? Yeah. If, uh Oh, are you there? What happened? Zephron. Uh Oh, so Zephram, I, just ordered a copy of your book, The Ball of Wisdom. Uh, I like the title. It's got different different connotations in there. Um, if you could give us a little bit of background on what it's about and why we should pick up a copy. Why? Okay. Um, so it basically takes place in the medieval times and a fictional medieval times, not uh, real mm -hmm. life, because otherwise there'd be a whole lot of political incorrect stuff in the story. Uh, essentially, there's this kingdom, which is nestled between two mountains. And they possess a very powerful ball of wisdom. And they've had this for so many years. It's been passed down through generations and this is something that's it's basically it's exactly what it sounds like it is a ball of wisdom it has pretty much omnipotent power but one day this ball of wisdom is is stolen this leads to a mass panic within the kingdom and this is where uh, king aloysius the 516th has to gather together his knights of the <laughs> oh yes the knights okay. of the quadrilateral table oh yeah the knights oh yeah in which they have to find and just try to see who will volunteer to go get the ball of wisdom and there are many there are many knights none of whom I can remember because of memory problems and I'm just going to go flip through the Oh yes, they first, the king first goes to uh, Sir Osis of the Liver to find the Ball of Wisdom. And Sir Osis of the Liver, who sounds a lot like Ringo Starr, uh, says that he can't do it because he's a very old joke and it, nobody would get it. There was also Duke of Ellington who was approached to find to retrieve the Ball of Wisdom, but he was also a very old joke and refused to do it. And then comes the heroine, Crystal, who says she'll find the Ball of Wisdom. She is, you know, a young girl, probably about 16, 17 years old. I never, I never really established that in the book, but she's got the spirit of adventure going for her, and she wants to find the Ball of Wisdom. So the Knights of the Quadrilateral Table, this being medieval times, Right, I'll laugh because who the heck would ever think? In me, <clears throat> I have to. I have to disclaimer this. In the medieval times, not twenty twenty one, 
in the medieval times, who would ever have thought a woman would go out and do and go out on an adventure <laughs> right. like this? And is it illustrated like throughout the book or just the cover? Uh, uh, it's illustrated throughout the book. There's about like four okay. or five Very good. illustrations in the book. Yes. Uh, let's see now. Now, there was one more protest by the knight that they couldn't send a woman out. And the king says to this knight, who's being quite snippy, he says, well, I was. So, sure, you're going to go out and go get the ball of wisdom and... And he looks and he goes, I'm sorry, your majesty. I can't because I'm owned by Disney. And it costs <laughs> way too much for us to use me in the story. And uh, what is your, what's, your, what's, what's your target audience for this? I, I'm beginning. And what's my target audience? The target audience is, it's a preteen novel. So it's kind of like one of those introductory type novels. Uh, for a kid to okay. read. So it would probably be like ages 7 to 12. Um, I also, one of the other things I do with the target audience is I like to target mm. this towards uh, grandparents who want to read books to their children and their grandchildren. Because there is a lot of good, there's a, a lot of good response from grandparents and particularly the old generation about the story content. I've been told that they would definitely, okay. they would definitely read this story to their grandchildren. One of the things that I strive for in this book was I want to bring about more connection between children and their parents and their grandparents, because we live in this age of, you know, Fortnite and Minecraft um, you know Netflix and Disney Plus, and there's nothing mm. quite as connecting as reading a book to each other. So one of the goals when I wrote this book was to design it not just for children, but designed for parents. Uh, okay, to it's kind of got two right levels to it, is what you're saying. Children. Yes, you, you kind of know that. Do you know that rule of thumb when? Well, not really. I've never. Making, I was, like, I was never really a child. Content? I was. I was born in a growth pod, so and extruded. So. Ah okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, essentially, the uh, the whole thing is when making children's content. Don't make it specifically for children. Make it for parents who are looking for something for their child to watch. Because ultimately, the child is not really making the decision of what type of media the child is consuming. Ultimately, that decision is up to the parents. So the parents really have to, you know, like the material too. So they go, yeah, hey, this is great. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. <laughs> Also, children, children are in general a lot smart. In general, are actually just a lot smarter than most uh, network executives give the child credit for. I mean, oh. most 
I mean, I mean, you've seen most cartoons these days, I'm sure, where it's all I just haven't watched fart it. jokes and general. Yeah, well, I haven't, I haven't watched you know. a decent cartoon since the Like we the all 90s, thought Barney was bad. So. <laughs> I I haven't watched a yeah. decent cartoon. There hasn't, there hasn't been, there hasn't been, there hasn't been a decent yeah, cartoon the since the nineties. Um. Yeah, it has been. No, there there hasn't been, and it's honestly been quite sad. The other interesting thing to note about my book is that it's um, it's a spoof novel. So it's really just a spoof of a lot of things. It's a spoof of all the different fantasy adventure. Okay. Or, or just sorry, it's a spoof of the fantasy adventure genre as a whole. Which is, some people would say it's probably a bad business move because yeah we've kind of we've kind of moved on whole, from the spoof dead. genre a little bit haven't we it yes well it's really because the problem mm. is is something i'd like to call there's a bit of over spoofing where they kind of just take instead of like instead of spoofing a genre in order to make fun of it most people end up spoofing a genre to over spoof the genre and it doesn't come off as a smart and witty spoof about the genre that's being spoofed it comes off as just just as yeah. stupid or <laughs> just stupid uh yeah i i don't know and that's that's clown world that's clown world that's clown world order for you now um i don't know i've i don't know i don't i don't think i i don't I have. I don't think I've. I, I mean, I don't I think I've. Uh, I don't think there was a significant piece of content that came out this past year that I would even consider watching, or consuming. Uh, to be honest. I, I, I can't say I blame you. Um, you know, these days, especially. Uh, with a lot of the newer stuff that's coming out, I I do find that there's a lot of mm-hmm. there's a lot of insertion about the, uh, the the pandemic and other world events, and I think one of the things that's forgotten by the writers of those TV shows and network executives is that TV and television it's supposed to be yeah that's an escape from reality. It's just designed. It's supposed to be. I get it. You know, you want to you want to teach morals and life lessons through through different mediums because, well, that's how humanity has evolved. We've evolved to mimic the things we see on television. But I don't know. I see stuff about the pandemic and about systemic racism and all that every single day, and I know it's wrong, and I'm sure you know it's wrong. I want to just go and escape reality for a little bit so that I can, you know, feel better and move through life. I don't want to be constantly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think I saw a a Twitter, a Twitter, something on the, on the Twitter today. And it was like, Hey, like what he's, he's basically like asked the question, like, Hey, are you watching something that's, that's making you miserable? I was like, no, why would I do that? Like what, what would be the point of, of watching something? That's making me more miserable.
Exactly. I mean, I just it it was actually it was a big yeah it was kind of a thing that started really in the '90s with the different '90s sitcoms because you know in the '60s uh, you'd always be watching uh, in the '60s and '70s you'd always be watching TV because of entertainment you'd always you'd turn on the TV you'd see the sunshiny Brady Bunch family and their perfect little American dream lifestyle or you'd see Leave It to Beaver and the perfect patriarch father and the kid who never does anything wrong etc. Uh, and it, it was yeah it was basically that was truly the escape and it was a little bit I guess you could say it was almost a little bit blind in its presentation because there was so much going on in the world but also it was an escape and right you had like you had Star Trek and that was a hope um, and then in the 80s and then in the 80s you get into sitcoms that really insist on bashing a life lesson across your head and unfortunately, it's it's just like it, every every episode you watch of an '80s sitcom, it's just basically sit down in class and learn something. Except for shows like New Heart and uh, there's other '80s sitcoms that aren't as bad, but New Heart's the only one that comes to mind because they're one of the rare gems in the '80s that uh. didn't have a lot of, <laughs> they didn't have a lot of preachiness to them. Yeah, and well, it's, just, it's funny it's that you fun bring up the Star time. Trek thing, because um, honestly, it's the only show that I remember ever paying much attention to, besides maybe The Simpsons, when I was growing up. Right, like, I, I grew up in an era where I didn't have access, ah, okay. or, okay, so I grew up in a rural area that had basically... Uh, CJDC, they call it, from Dawson Creek. But it was basically CBC programming, Canadian Broadcast Corporation, with a local programming thrown in, thrown into it. So um, right. so basically, I grew up, I'd get home from school. Okay. I would go home, and the first thing that we would probably watch was this, this, The Simpsons in the 90s was the heyday of The Simpsons. Uh, um, right? Uh, if if you oh, yes. if you go into I the totally like agree. after the the but probably the twenty fifth season, not even like after about the twentieth season, um, even like I don't I don't I don't remember many episodes much past two thousand and one, maybe two thousand and four, um, nothing contemporary at least, but I I do know I do remember the large majority of right. the episodes from the. Yeah late 80s to the mid 90s and early 2000s um and then of course there was stargate not to be confused with star trek um and, right um oh, no, and I've, we, we kind of we've kind of jokingly joked back and forth here a, a little bit like um like i because i know i know it's kind of a, a bit of an, an, ins, an inside joke with your not, not in, it's not a joke sorry um you have a name that is a direct reference to Star Trek Next Generations, right? That yeah, well, it's yeah, it's uh, it's right. Star Trek. Well, my name is directly a result of Star Trek lore in general. Right, Zephram Cocker. I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the guy right. who invented warp drive. Um. <laughs> yes. I get. 
I get to crash land on a planet and live with. I get to crash land. On right, a planet and you get to make first contact with the with the Vulcan. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, with the see, help of the next but this is this is this is what this is what I'm talking about. Is there there isn't any there yeah. isn't any sort of media or culture like that as anymore? You know, like where the content is just is just about the content right it's it's you know it's 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 a maybe it was about portraying a better or or more like a a more technologically but not the dark side of technology the upside of technology right um i think i think we talk i think we almost talk too much about the dark side of technology sometimes um and at least the 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 version the version of humanity that i that i always looked forward to was a more of a star trek next generation's future right um that's you know that that's the vision that i've that i've built up in my mind right Oh, yeah, that's a vision. I'm pretty sure that's a vision that we've all built up in our minds. And I, I just like to say it's like techno- technology is very good. It's always it's always good. It's probably good. The yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Well, it, technology is neutral. Technology is technically neutral, right? It's it's neither it's it's not it's neither good nor bad. It's just it's just a function okay, yeah. of how you decide to use it. Right. Um, yes, like harness harnessing the atom in the nineteen forties. That was probably the greatest scientific scientific discovery known to man. But let's blow each other up and try to destroy. Yeah, and, and we also and talked about like. I mean, there hasn't been any significant progress on nuclear reactors in seventy years at all. Um, they've. They've just basically stalled it, um, and I don't know. Like they're, they're, I don't know. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a big culture war going on right now. You know, it's 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 very apparent. You know, and I and I and I and I'm I'm starting to feel. I don't want to say old, but I'm starting to feel mature. In, in in who I am, right? That I that I can see that I can see a way of life that existed that's not going to oh, exist yeah. for somebody who was born, let's say after the year two thousand and seven. There's there's going to be there's going to be another very distinct dividing line, because they've yeah. they've always grown up they've grown up in a world where YouTube always existed, right? Oh yeah. I grew I grew up without YouTube. I grew up in the outdoors mm-hmm. i grew up knowing how to shoot a gun i grew up knowing how to hunt animals and you know live more of a a simple existence if you will right um and i i use technology in order to try and promote my ideas right the way the way that i think and to help people, that's the way that I use technology. So, 
and that's the way technology should be used. The internet is not a the internet is not a place to vent opinions or attack each other. So when I say vent opinions, I mean like vent harsh opinions that attack one another. Uh, the the internet is designed to be a hub of innovation mm -hmm. and the sharing of ideas and the sharing of good. It's a place that it's a place that should be like say somebody in Canada has a great idea, somebody in Japan has a great idea that's pretty much the same. Guess what? We can collaborate. Well, and we can I call it I call it the Doomer Bloomer Collective. The collectively. <laughs> That's that's why that yes yes careful how yeah that has that has connotations careful how you use yeah, collective that has connotations as well <laughs> the doomer bloomer network the might might be a better term for it I'm still still a work still a work in progress I kind of I kind of change I kind of change up my marketing as I as I as as I evolve. Okay, that's that's good. I am um, circling back to like media and escaping reality and all that. And like for the purposes of entertainment and enjoyment, uh, I'd like to mention with my book, The Ball of Wisdom, that's essentially what the book is. The book is also designed so that you can hmm. read it and you can have a good time. You can laugh. You can have some joy. You can have fun because there's different jokes. I mean, yeah, sure. Okay, there are definitely some uh, some knocks of reality in my story. I won't deny that. Like when the knights of the quadrilateral table are all arguing, that is drawing inspiration from the Brexit arguments. Right. Okay. With, um, Theresa May and how clever they, they how oh, how clever they because it was the. The reason the inspiration came about for that was because I was listening to Because News on CBC, which is a comedy quiz news program thing, and they were all talking about how clever the British insult each other. So, of course, in the quadrilateral table, one of the knights calls one of the other knights gotcha. a tarty okay. chicken yeah. pot pie jock. It's all, yeah, okay. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like a reference to Monty Python as well, too, in a sense. Um, at, Oh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of inspiration from Monty Python, and it's really interesting. It, it, I like to think of it as a combination of some British humor right. and some Western Very good. humor. Okay, should I go so far to say it's it's a combination sure, why not? of British humor and some good old ragtag that doesn't get that, humor. Yeah, that, that that won't get me canceled, right? You know, with the colonies and all that. Okay. I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of all kinds of stuff with between colonists and all that. When I say colonist humor, I mean you know, when I say ragtag colonist humor, I mean you know the I, I I'm spoofing like oh the American revolutionaries or yeah the, the Samuel the, the Samuel Adams that burned down the White House in 1812. Yeah. Yes, Samuel Adams. Uh, well, I've actually Adams. been to Boston. I think it's probably also, one of my favorite places in the United States that I've gone. Uh, 
I've I've uh, I've roamed around in uh, sure. I mean, we're we're moving into the we're moving into the metaverse. So who cares anymore? No, I'm right. No, I'm not touching the metaverse oh, no, either. I'm, no, I say I'm, that no, very ironically. Zephram. I I say it ironic. I say it ironically too because I do all my I do most of my marketing on Instagram and Facebook, and I have Instagram, Facebook accounts, and Snapchat, and you know everything. I've read it. I have okay. <laughs> Any particular reason? I just needed to have a break. Yeah, yeah, me too. Needed to have a break. No, I mean I just couldn't, couldn't take Twitter. I just couldn't take Twitter yeah, I, I just follow the people that that I that I enjoy, and then I move on. There's there's a there's also a, there's also a mute, a mute function on Twitter oh, yeah. too. I don't uh, know if you know that. Pretty much the same. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. I know about mm. the mute function. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I see. That, I've burned that function out. <laughs> I've had Twitter. I've had Twitter. I've had Twitter. I've had Twitter notifications pop up. No. Are you okay, man? Well, you like do not want Twitter. Like what? I think Twitter is like the bar the barroom debate of the internet. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like anyone anyone what's what's the word anyone with an uh, with an uh, yeah. anyone who it's just opinions are like assholes. Anyone who has one, <laughs> anyone who has an opinion has an asshole. So it's that simple. Yeah, I. Uh, oh yeah, it's true. Twitter. See, I'd like. See, a lot of people will say, "Oh, you know, Trump is responsible for the toxicity on Twitter." But I think what people fail to realize yeah. is that the toxicity has always been there. It's always been there. It just depends on what opinion is going around or what's happening in the world that you know everybody starts talking about and putting their ideas in. Uh, one of the things that I learned about very recently, uh, especially with regards to how democracy works in this new age, was that I was that the internet has done this thing where we're all individualized in our opinions, our likes, our dislikes, our interests, everything. We're all individualized. We're all individualized in this one like bubble. Whereas it, before the age of the internet, it always used to be there were groups of people, you know, that had pretty much the same train of thought, the same opinion, the same flow. So it was very easy to basically have a democracy. You were either Republican or you were Democrat, or you were either liberal or you were conservative. You know, you know what I'm saying? And basically what happened with the age of the internet is that everybody got their own individualized bubble so now you have one person who's not a republican but believes in a couple of republican things well you're saying that everyone's a special little snowflake if you know what i'm saying hey it's my podcast i can i can say what i want i didn't say that (laughs) pretty much (laughs) Uh, if you don't agree well, that, with me, that, you can that, read a book called you can read a book true, called true. Fight Club. Um, that's very. 
Yeah, it's, the movie is based on the book oh, by Chuck okay. Pal- Chuck Wait, Palino. Wait, is that also a movie? Ah, okay. Well, I, I'd love to read the book Fight Club, oh, okay. but I've got a couple of other books by uh, Carolyn Woodward that I have to read because nice. we uh, we're doing an author ex- we're doing an author book exchange. Uh, I got a couple, and then we'll uh, do you have any we'll other questions? Do a quick sign off, and you can plug your book one more time. Um, who are the three people most influential to you? Sure. Okay. Or one person, anyways. Who are the three or one person? Um, let's see now. Yeah. My parents are very influential because without them, I wouldn't be here. Uh, for one thing. No. Uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't born from a pod like you. Um, <laughs> uh, it was basically, and you know, my parents, they support That's me good. every, every step of the way. And that they're always there to support me. Um, in terms of like other people, I don't just have three people who are influential to me. I mean, for the most part, I grew up, I grew up with a lot, of, I grew up with a lot of television and a lot of insight into television. So there are a lot of people that influenced me, you know, um, there was Robin Williams influenced me. Johnny Carson influenced me. Bob Newhart influenced me. Um, you know, Ro- Dick Martin and Dan Rowan influenced me. Uh, well, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I was just going to say, we haven't me. talked the Canadian version of Mr. Rogers, Mr. Mr. Dressup. Oh, God. Rest in peace. Yes. Um, yes, rest in peace. Uh, there's... There's there's so many I could look at my collection I could rattle off a whole, a whole bunch of names like they they've they've all influenced me there's so many different celebrities and all that that have all influenced me uh, and you know family members friends etc I you know as it's where I get a lot of my sharp wit for the ball of wisdom is from those people um, and yes I've, I've met your dad really wild <laughs> sense of humor. Which he, <laughs> which he's, uh, which he's bestowed, which he's bestowed onto me, uh, you know, Jim Henson, the Muppets. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> what advice would you give for a doomer around your age bracket? Because you know, we have different spectrums of doomer and bloomers, right? So a doomer starting to get back to the path of becoming a bloomer. Uh, in life, business, relationships, you know, what would be your best advice? doesn't have mm-hmm. to be, you know, you know. My best yes. advice, my best <laughs> advice is don't, don't give up. I mean, every, it's like, don't, don't give up. I mean, there are times where, yeah, it's, it feels like, you know, gotta give up and gotta just end it all and just not keep pursuing things. But you know, gotta. There's always that little voice in everyone's head that just tells you to keep going. Listen to that voice. Um. You know, it's. I know we live in this like really difficult world right now. Like things, 
are the greatest. And some some people won't believe me when I say that thing. Even when I was like in kindergarten, some people won't believe me when I say that things were better from two thousand nine to two thousand sixteen, and they were. Um, you know, it's just I know it's a difficult world, but you got to keep going because if you keep going, you can make the world a better place. You know, maybe yeah, we have to live in crap, but we can make sure that our yeah, I I mean that's what I've basically. Yeah, I, I can hundred yeah, percent stand behind you on that that's one. What I uh, <laughs> all right, so second to last, and then you get to plug your book, and then we'll do the sign off. Uh, what is your your zombie plan? And this this oh, no is problem. my favorite question, to be honest. Here's that. Ah, my zombie plan. Ah, this, this, I, I like this question when I saw it on the forum because one of the first things that came to mind is what kind of zombies are we talking? This is where I'm going to, this is where I'm going to info dump about zombies and how much I know about zombies because there are so many different types of zombies because you've got your George A. Romero zombies, you've got your rage virus zombies, you've got your walking dead wildfire virus zombies, you've got your uh, Zack Snyder zombies, Sean of the um, Dead. Let's see now. There's there's so many. However, Shaun of the Dead. Love Shaun of the Dead. That was that, that's a funny one. It's smartly crafted too, because uh, I actually, I, I will I will plug another thing. Mm. I have been batting around doing a zombie story in my head because I want because I I actually do want to do uh, I I want to do a zombie story that tends to encompass like the the okay i'll put it to you this way it's a zombie story that encompasses the real world reaction oh real world reaction much like the covid19 pandemic because i i really think it could be uh could be interesting and i wanted to toy around with say the main character who's very left-wing, LGBTQ+, and all that, and she has to find herself... She has to survive with a very hard-nosed... Oh, yeah. Okay, you know, I, I, I see it. Uh, I, I've, I've been batting that around. But anyways, back to the original question, my zombie plan. Um, I would... Well, guns is a very important thing to have depending on depending on transmission and all that a lot of uh, face protection yeah. and a lot of skin protection uh, I live out in the I live out in the rural and the wilderness so in the event of a zombie apocalypse I'm pretty damn sure that my my town essentially would go completely rogue and we would form civilian militias to combat uh, zombie the zombie apocalypse, um, have to have a good stock of food, a lot yep. of growing area and such for crops and farms, um, and lot of exercise. Lot yeah. of exercise and, remember, and cardio. Remember, remember to double tap. Zombies can run really fast. <laughs> oh yeah, always double tap. <laughs> oh yeah, I I mean, 
yeah. Somebody's doing that's, zombies. But that's man. about the extent of my zombies. Mm, yes. I oh I I could fight them all depending on which one. I mean, if you're get, if you're getting stuck with the rage oh, okay. virus zombies from 28 <laughs> days later, you might as you might as well call it quits. All right. Well, uh, yeah. so where where is the best place for our listeners to connect with you online and the best place to check out your website and social media for the ball of wisdom? Oh, let's see now. Uh, the best place to check out the ball of wisdom is uh, on my Instagram page, which is, it's literally just a uh, ball of wisdom underscore official. Uh, and then there's my Facebook page, which is just ball of wisdom. And then if you really want to, you know, um, annoy me, or I'm also looking for groupies, if you're interested, uh, you can find me at the Zephyrum Tino on Facebook. I'm, I'm joking about the groupies thing, of okay. course. But you know, still open and the your 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 book is available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, correct? Uh, yep, it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Goodreads. Okay, I will try. Books, I will. Uh, I will try to get all of those links into the description of um, the podcast. Yeah, Anything else you'd like to say before I do a quick sign-off? Excellent. Anything else I'd like to say? Um, I'd just like to say that, you know, if you're looking for a good read and you're looking to escape the madness of the world for a little bit and really connect with your children or connect with your grandchildren through the medium that is reading, to each other i highly awesome. recommend and all right zephram thank you for coming on the doomer bloomer podcast yeah. as always you can check us out on twitter at the doomer podcast i will be moving away from all other socials except maybe instagram i haven't decided yet um have yourself a great and prosperous day out there in the world wherever you are and remember, just because you are in a Doomer mindset right now doesn't mean that you're going to be there forever. This too shall pass. And remember that there's people out there like us or like you that uh, would love to connect and get you onto the path of becoming a bloomer. A bloomer. Uh, peace and love uh, from Will S. The Doomer Bloomer podcast is produced by Will S. in conjunction with Doomer Bloomer Media. Uh, this podcast is all rights reserved. Um, all media and references are of the owner's um, own submissions. All opinions are solely his own. Um, anyone disputing anything that I say on here uh, can be or can be contested in a court of law. Uh, 
I am a free-speaking individual, and I re re reserve the right to remain silent. If you would like to find out more, go to the www.doomerbloomers.com support uh, to become a member today. If you are interested in the coaching program, go to the Patreon page, link in the description. If you are interested in the merch, go to the Teespring or the Tee Public store. Any other inquiries, business or otherwise, can be sent to the maple at gmail.com. Always looking for sponsors and interesting guests. If you are one of those two, shoot me an email or get in touch at the Doomer Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Cheers.